0: Hello everyone and welcome. My name is Rachel Rieger and I'm the Patient Education Manager at the National Foundation for Celiac Awareness. Today's podcast is an extension of our Seriously Celiac Disease campaign. Many of you have probably already seen our video about how to talk to your family members about getting screened for celiac disease, our discussion guides to help you further, and our other resources. But if you haven't seen them, I encourage you to check them out on our website about family member testing, seriouslyceliac.org. Unfortunately, we know that many family members often run into pushback from their doctors when they ask to be screened for celiac disease. This podcast is meant to be a guide to help them successfully get screened after learning about their celiac disease risk. For this discussion, we'll talk about how to become an educated patient so that your doctor takes you seriously when you ask to be tested for celiac disease. Joining me to give some helpful tips is Anne Lee of Dr. Shar USA. Anne, would you like to tell our listeners about yourself? Sure, that would be fine, Rachel. First of all,
1: thank you so much for including me on this podcast. I think it's so important to really get to the meat of some of these issues when it comes to patient testing. I myself am a dietitian, I work for Dr. Shar, but I'm also a celiac and have actually experienced some of the things that we'll be talking about today. I formerly worked at the Columbia Celiac Disease Center as their patient care and research dietitian, came to Dr. Shar about eight years ago and finished my doctorate in nutrition education Mostly because I really felt the need to be well-informed and to really have a great place to start some of these conversations from.
0: Well, thank you for being here with us to share your expertise.
1: Well, thank you. My pleasure.
0: Before we launch into giving listeners tips for handling situations where their doctors are reluctant to test, let's actually take a step back. And why might doctors be apprehensive or flat-out refuse to test for celiac disease in the first place? I think part of that dilemma is that there's so much hype about
1: gluten-free now as as a lifestyle choice or being a healthier choice or the latest craze to help you, you know, in in your sports activities and things that some physicians think that it's more hype and puffery rather than actual fact, you know, and medical necessity. And I think that some doctors feel patients are overreacting rather than really coming to them with serious questions and concerns. The other problem is that a lot of physicians were really trained that celiac disease and some of these gluten-related disorders, you know, are rare childhood diseases that they're not going to see, especially in their adult practices. So that we're really at a dilemma from two points. One, there's a lot of commercialism of the gluten-free diet. But also, there's a lack of awareness in the medical community on the prevalence of
0: celiac disease being as common as it is. So, are there any techniques patients can use to help their doctors understand that it is worthwhile to test for celiac disease? Absolutely. I think the best thing that someone can have in their
1: arsenal is to be well-informed. And I think that going to the physician, especially if you get some pushback, what's really important is to go in and not being overdramatic but to say these are my symptoms, to explain that it's an autoimmune disease, to explain that it's genetically linked, and also to come armed with some good data that celiac disease is as prevalent as 1% of the population. Even to bring in articles or something that the physician would feel are sound research. You know, I'm not sure that Wikipedia would be the thing I'd bring in but There's great resources that you can go to, get information so that that patient is well-informed, but can also bring this information to the physician.
0: Well, we do sometimes hear that doctors can be turned off by a person's own online research into their health issues, and that some people say they feel that their doctors don't believe that their symptoms are real, or that they're dismissed since they're not medical professionals themselves. And so in this situation, how can people strike a balance between being informed and proactive in addressing their health issues, and ensuring that their doctor does continue to pursue a potential diagnosis? Absolutely, and I think that that's, you know, it's a fine line
1: because, you know, the doctors will feel that you're self-diagnosing, and we don't, we want to avoid that. So, and that's where I think having the right information is very important. It's, you know, if you tell your doctor, oh, I was searching the web, that can raise eyebrows on the doctor's part just thinking, well, you're just looking for things. You're more of a hypochondriac than you are really someone who has issues. I think what is important is that if when you go to the doctor, you have your symptoms listed. You have a history. You, ha- you have things mapped out where this is what's happening to me. Over the past six months, I'm having increasing fatigue. I-, I can work for so many hours. I can no longer work out. Really having facts that you can present. The other thing is that if you have information you're bringing to help substantiate what you're telling the doctor, make sure your resources are well-respected up to date. The NIH website, you know, NFCA's website, the the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, have something that is reputable, that's research and science-based so that you're not perceived as you're fishing for a diagnosis, that you really are saying, listen, this well-respected site says this is what can be my issue based on these symptoms and this scenario. Please test me for this. You know, I think that that's important. You also want to make sure that you are engaging the physician to help you figure this out. If you go in and tell him, this is what I have, that can be a little off-putting. Rather, if you say, this is what's happening, can you help me figure it out? Maybe more of a way to engage them.
0: So you mentioned bringing in a list of symptoms or relevant experiences to a celiac disease diagnosis. But what if a patient doesn't actually experience symptoms of celiac disease, and they're just coming in to get tested because of a family history? What can they talk to their physicians about at that point?
1: That's where I would emphasize and bring in the additional information that celiac disease is an autoimmune disease, that it's genetic and any documentation that shows that family members should be tested. I would go on the NFCA website, it stresses the importance of family testing. The NIH actually in their documents stress the importance of family testing. Even NASPGAN, which is the um, Association for Pediatric GI, they stress the importance of family testing. And these would be references that the doctor should respect. Not everyone has symptoms. You're absolutely right. So we need to make sure that they're aware of the need for that family testing. that physicians are really under great, great pressure from the insurance companies that they need to document everything. They're being scrutinized for the amount of time they give the patient, the, the testing that's being done. I think we as patients need to understand that we can help and partner with them and help guide them to give us the best care. So if we're going in and saying we need to be tested, they may be pushing back a little bit because they need justification. And that's where our role is being that informed, respectful patient is very important. We can bring that documentation so that as a partner in this scenario where we are trying to really get diagnosed and, and find the right solutions, we can help that physician make those decisions.
0: Well, thank you, Anne, for joining me, and thank you, everyone, for tuning in to our podcast. If you'd like to find more information about testing for celiac disease or talking to your family members about getting screened, please visit our website about family member testing, seriouslyceliac.org. And don't forget to tune in to part two of this podcast series about where to draw the line with Dr. Pushback and what to do if your doctor doesn't want to take the proper route to test you for celiac disease.
1: Well, thank you so much, Rachel, for having me. It's my passion to make sure that people know more about celiac disease and know how we can really make our
0: lives better being well-informed and well-cared for. So I appreciate the opportunity. For those of you who tuned in, we'd love to hear your feedback. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please email us at podcasts at celiaccentral.org.